The following podcast is going to contain spoilers along with me, just a regular guy, talking about all the things I love, such as comics, movies, television, music, and books. So yeah, proceed at your own risk. gentlemen welcome to just another fanboy i'm your host steven and today i'm talking about a trade paperback that was published from image comics it's called manifest destiny volume one flora and fauna this is from may of 2014 it collects issues one through six it was written by chris dingus i really hope i'm pronouncing that correctly art by matthew roberts colors by owen genie Letters by Pat Brousseau and Stan Makowitz was the editor. All right, so this is a uh, this follows the tale of the Lewis and Clark expedition, and we are actually the 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 device they use to tell us this story is we are ultimately reading the journal of Meriwether Lewis. So you don't really need to know anything about Lewis and Clark before you read this book. Um, it's not, let me, let me just say this. It's not a book about Lewis and Clark. It's not a historically accurate book. There are monsters. I should say that right off the bat. But let's talk a bit about Lewis and Clark first. I felt I needed to uh, kind of put us in the place where we need to be when, when understanding this story. And so I, I went out to the Wikipedia and I got a little information about Lewis and Clark. So this is an expedition from May. It lasted from May of 1804 to September of 1806. It was the first American expedition to cross the Western portion of the United States and was commissioned by the president, Thomas Jefferson, shortly after the Louisiana purchase. Its purpose was to explore and map the newly acquired territory to find a practical route across the western half of the continent and to establish an American presence in the territory before Britain and other European powers tried to claim it. The campaign's second objectives were scientific and economic, to study the area's plants, animal life, and geography, and to establish trade with local American Indian tribes. In the book, however, we learn that there's a secret aspect of this mission to destroy any and all monsters they encounter. So a lot of times when you would see like maybe a, a on a kid's show or something, they would talk about Lewis and Clark. They always made it look like it was just Lewis, Clark, and then Sagajawea. She was the, the Native American woman that was their guide. It was just the three of them in a canoe traveling along the Missouri River and discovering stuff. But no, they had a lot of people with them. They had soldiers and whatnot with them. In the book, they've got a crew of soldiers and convicts. And at one point they're 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 going along down the, the Missouri. They've got this, they're in this big ship. Uh, big enough. I mean not like a not like an ocean liner, but they're in a, a fairly large boat. And they come across this giant arch made of plant life. And it was very reminiscent of the St. Louis arch. I don't know if there was supposed to be 
a uh, corollary there. Is corollary the right word? Probably not. But I don't know if there was supposed to be, if you're supposed to think of the St. Louis Arch, which is in Missouri, but that's what it looked like. It was big enough anyway. And so as they 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 all get out of the boat and they're checking this out and they're they're looking around and and uh Lewis is getting plant samples and whatnot, because he's basically the way they have the story set up. Lewis is the scientist, Clark is the soldier. And uh as they're checking out this arch, suddenly this great beast comes out of the forest. And it's it's like a centaur where you have the the body of a horse and the torso and head and arms and all that of a man. But you've got the body of a horse. Well, it could be a buffalo because the 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 torso and the arms and the head is like a buffalo. Like let's say you took a a buffalo minotaur, right? Let's say you have a minotaur that's a buffalo instead of a bull. And you just took the the top half of that buffalo minotaur and you stuck it on a buffalo or I think it looked like a horse. Stuck it on a horse in the place of the horse's head. That's what these look this thing looked like. It was pretty cool looking. And of course it comes charging in and they end up killing it and they bring it aboard the ship so that Mary so that Lewis can uh can dissect it and uh see what they can learn from it. They they try to come up with a name for it. And they can't come up with a name for it. And in the end, they call it a Minotaur, which later in the book, they mention to somebody else that they meet that they call it a Minotaur. And that person argues with them because it's not a Minotaur. Minotaur is the top, you know, the top is a shape like a man. The top half is a bull. The bottom half is a man, blah, 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 and all that stuff. Anyway, they continue down the Missouri and their goal is to reach the, uh, it's called La Charette, the last Euro-American settlement on the Missouri River. That's according to Wikipedia. La Charette was the last Euro-American settlement on the Missouri River. When they find it, it's it's a fort and it's deserted. They're supposed to meet somebody there, but the fort is deserted. And they're not, they, they end up, as they find the fort and they're trekking towards it, they, at one point, they see up on this cliff, the figure of a woman and she's standing on the edge of this cliff and then she just jumps off. And so they go to try to find her body because they, you know, at the very least, they figure the woman deserves a Christian burial. And so they, but they go to where they surmise that she would have landed. They can't find anything, but there's this shape in the ground that is almost, I mean, the way the art is drawn, it's definitely a, a, the shape of a woman. But they kind of act like, well, I, I guess that could be a, a lady that looks kind of like the shape of a lady. It's definitely the shape of a woman. It's like this earthen plant-based shape that's like almost growing out of the ground and whatnot in the shape of a woman. And they dismiss it. They start heading toward the fort. And then a whole big mess of these, we'll just call them minotaurs, come charging out of the of the, the woods to attack them. They, they discover when they were dissecting the original one, the one they killed, that that was just an adolescent. So these creatures are much bigger. They are very savage. They they kill a few of the soldiers. I think they drag one or two of them off. But they end up, the the Lewis and Clark and their team end up finding, they, they get to the fort in time and they are, uh, they find safety behind the walls and they close the, the gates and they're, they're safe behind the walls of the fort. But the fort is deserted. They can't find anybody there. 
There's supposed to be a whole settlement there. There's supposed to be women and children. There's supposed to be soldiers and all that. And they're supposed to meet somebody there, but there's nobody there. Well, it's not long before they discover that there are some people there, but they're like zombies, but not regular zombies. They're like plant zombies. It's like these weird people that have plants growing out of them and that part of them are plants and they're very zombie-like and they are slow and shambling and they they attack and the soldiers try to fight them off and nothing that they can do can stop these these things. They chop an arm off and the arm just crawls back up to the to the body. They chop the head off, same thing. They shoot it in the head. Nothing, nothing can stop this, and, but then they discover that fire can. So after they kill these zombie creatures, they find that there are survivors of this settlement. And it's a, it's a few women and some men. There's not that many left. And they, they tell this story about what happened after they had arrived and they started this settlement at uh, La Charette. One or two of the men out gathering and hunting and whatnot, they, they got sick and then they got sicker. And then this, it's like this plant spore that got them sick and then turned them into these plant zombies. They realize that these survivors are like, but thank God you're here. We can now leave. We can go back home and we don't have to deal with this anymore. And Lewis and Clark are like, yeah, well, we still have this expedition to go on. Uh, you can come with us, but we're staying here because we're waiting for, for somebody. And the survivors are like, are you crazy? We got to get out of here. And they're like, ah, it's okay. It's all right. It's, it's, okay. it's cool. It's cool. Well, they're talking about who they're going to they they're they're talking about that they're they're there to meet somebody and they mentioned the woman on the cliff that they saw jump off the cliff and they couldn't find the body and they have to imagine that the woman is dead because no dainty lady could survive out in that wilderness. And as they're saying that, we get a little a small scene of an American Indian woman who is uh attacks a camp of these buffalo minotaur things and just kicks their butts. So we end up meeting who Lewis and Clark are supposed to meet, and it's this fur trapper. And I wrote his name down. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. This is an actual guy, Toussaint Charbonneau. He's a French-Canadian fur trapper, and he's the husband-slash-captor of Sagajawea, who is a Shoshone Native American. He arrives at La Charette. This is who they're supposed to meet. This is this guy is supposed to be their guide. With him is Sagajawea. Now, again, I looked up stuff on the um, on the Wikipedia, and this is where we also differ from the actual facts of Lewis and Clark because this is 1804 at this point, May of 1804. In reality, Sagajawea and Charbonneau did not meet up with the expedition until like November, much further down the river. But they meet up with them now and they all, they leave to go get back on the boat. They're attacked by more of these plant zombie guys and they find out there's this big plant, this big plant creature that is, that has caused all this. It's releasing spores and taking over people and it's like a hive mind type of thing. And Sagajawea is the one that ends up killing the plant thing. She's like this freaking crazy warrior. And when we first meet her and Charbonneau, he's the one, they, they have like one of these uh, buffalo minotaur heads or something with them. And he's the one, yeah, I, I, oh, yes, I did that. I, I'm, this is my French accent, which is really bad. I went out there and I killed these things. I'm going to stop that right now. He pumps himself up to be this mighty warrior when it's really her. And so they're hunting down these uh, 
these zombie things. They've they've realized they have to kill this this plant monster thing. They got to find out what started this. They got to kill it. They can't leave it there for other people to find. And their idea, of course, is just to burn it down. And so they find the plant, the giant plant monster thing. And right away, it, it ensnares Lewis and Clark, and it gives them really weird, crazy, freaking dreams um, as it's trying to turn them into plant zombies. And Savage Away is the one that comes and rescues them and kills the kills the plant. And then, in essence, the book is over. There's still there's at least I, I want to say there's at least five trades in this series, and I've got number two ready to read. I just didn't want to start reading it until I had a chance to talk about trade one, because I didn't want to start, I didn't want to have memories of trade two creeping in to my talk here. Um, The art in this book is great. It's, uh, I'm not really good at describing art. You just, you're going to have to look at it, look for it yourself. I do have, if you go to the website, justanotherfanboy.com and you look at the page where I have the episode posted, you'll see I have I put these little like cover art up there and it's it's got the cover of the uh the trade. So you'll see what the art looks like. I love it. Big fan of it. I love that kind of art. It's very I guess I could say I would say it kind of reminds me a bit of Tony Moore. The art does. If you're familiar with the first 6 episodes, episodes, the first 6 issues of The Walking Dead, or any of the other many books that Tony Moore has done. Um, it, it is kind of reminiscent of Tony Moore. It's got that kind of feel to it to me. Um, but it's really well done. Really, the s- sequential storytelling is top notch. The story is great. There was never, you know, really, as long as as I never drop out of the story, as long as there's never a point in the story that I'm like, look, going from one panel to the next, and I can't figure out, well, how did they get to this? What I don't, I don't understand what's going on. How did we get from this panel to this panel? Over here, they're eating hamburgers in a McDonald's. And the very next panel, they're riding horses in the, the outback. What? I don't understand how, and, and they don't explain it at all. None of that happened in this book. I never got lost. Read it from cover to cover. Enjoyed every bit of it. Wonderful storytelling. Wonder, wonderful sequential art. I would recommend it. You can get the books on Hoopla. The trades are available on Hoopla. They, of course, have them on Comixology. Trade number one is available through Comixology Unlimited. That's what I read it. I I do prefer to read my comics through Comixology over Hoopla because I think the interface is better. The reader, I think, is better. But yeah, quite enjoying it so far. I know that trade three or four, maybe even five, they encounter Bigfoot. So... Really looking forward to that. You know that this guy is a big Bigfoot fan if you've been following me for any length of time. I love me some Bigfoot. As long as Bigfoot is done correctly and, and is written responsibly. That's, that's, my, that's the one piece of advice I could give to writers out there. If you're going to write Bigfoot, write him responsibly. I'm not going to tell you what that means. You have to figure it out for yourself. So, Manifest Destiny, trade number one, Flora and Fauna. I recommend it. It's uh, one of my favorite reads so far this year, and I'm going to continue to read more. So, hey, that's the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Remember to pre-order my book, Then a Penguin Walked In, and other tall tales. It's available now, Amazon.com, as well as other places. The ebook available for pre-order. 
$2.99. Pre-order now for $2.99. When it's released, it'll be $4.99. So you're saving some money. That's it. That's all I got to say. My name's Steven, and you know that because you're listening to my show. You also know I'm just another fanboy, and you also know if you've been listening at least for two episodes, even one, that I'm going to tell you to please, just please, can't we just be nice to each other? I'm gonna, I, I, I have to say that at the end of every episode because there's just too many people out there that are just mean to each other at all times, and I don't get it. I get on Twitter, and uh, I just, I just get sad. I think the only way that we as a society are going to get any better is if we just start being nice to each other. Forget about the fact that you're not face-to-face in front of each other on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook. Treat people as you would treat them in real life. All right, I'm done preaching. Out! Just Another Fanboy is a presentation of the Stephen or Else podcast. Questions and comments can be directed to feedback at stephenorelse.com. You can support the show for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash Stephen R. Orr and get instant access to the My Other Podcast podcast, a weekly show about whatever crawls its way into my tiny little mind just moments before I tap record. You can find me on the World Wide Web at StephenOrElse.com or find me on Twitter and Instagram by searching for at Stephen or Else. I also encourage you to subscribe to the show, leave us a five-star review, and share this episode with a friend. Just Another Fanboy is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can find that over at comicspodcasts.com. All links will be in the show notes. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.